0: Welcome to the Daily Boogie.
1: Hello everyone, welcome, thank you for joining us, Monday night, the pre-Christmas, Christmas, Christmas, pre-Christmas, Christmas special. Merry fucking Christmas, how are you going? Thank you so much for joining us, it's an absolute pleasure. Tonight's recommended drink is a ice-cold mimosa, the Australian Christmas drink of choice, ladies and gentlemen. And tonight's recommended snack is going completely empty-bellied, so you can get nice and lubricated before you have to open your presents. Thank you for joining us on the Christmas edition of the Daily Boogie.
2: Skol!
1: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Welcome to another edition and the last edition before Christmas of the Daily Boogie podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again here on a Monday night. I hope you had a lovely weekend. I certainly have. I hope you're about to have a lovely Christmas because I certainly hope I will. I've got so much fun stuff for you tonight. So much to get through. So many things. Thank you for the diamonds. Thank you for the diamond, Kimmy. Well done. Uh, congratulations on your interview during the week with one of my favourite peeps, Karen Denver Knight. Absolutely sensational. I went back and watched that the other day. Job well done. Tip of the hat to you. i um, very Merry Christmas to all and to all a Merry Christmas. What are you doing over Christmas? Let me tell you something. If you're going to be alone over Christmas, here is the place to be here is the place to be because here you'll find a collection in this audience who i love (laughs) you'll find a collection of people who uh may be a little bit different maybe a bit on the loner side maybe they don't connect with their family members the way the other family members do you know those scenes when you're sitting around the christmas table the, the the dinner table you know waiting for duck or turkey or chicken or whatever whichever bird you sacrificed for the glory of santa claus by the way happy birthday santa that's what christmas is about isn't it happy birthday santa pretty sure that's all there is to it so happy birthday santa if you're one of those people you'll fit right in here so merry christmas ladies and gentlemen uh lots to get through the last show before christmas for the daily boogie i don't know when i'll be back the next week is going to be a little bit crazy i'm sure i'll be around i'll probably be around next year (laughs) next year i'll probably be around next week thank you very much sandra um before we get too far into it though if you'd like to become a supporter of the show please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player and of course if you'd like to wish me a happy merry christmas then you can do so by following me on twitter at boogie bumper someone's eating prime rib this year that sounds good prime rib it's any day is a good day for prime rib though isn't it what are we celebrating tuesday fuck it let's have some prime rib pinochet i, I can i just uh give some shout outs before we get the show rolling thank you so much to we'll kick it off over on youtube pinochet is over there the moderate the best moderator on the interwebs pinochet I'm as normal as anyone else, and if you disagree with me, you're a Nazi. <laughs> no disagreement here, sir. Thank you to you and for holding it up on YouTube. Thank you to the YouTube crew. Thank you very much to the D Live guys, because you guys have been extra supportive by jumping over to the new platform and really getting behind it. And D Live's looking really good. I'm really looking forward to next year. Hopefully, growing a bit on D Live. So thank you so much for being the trendsetters. Thank you so much for your contributions and and you're the tippers as well. You're the best tippers in the whole audience over on DLive, so thank you so much. Of course, the original and the best, the Periscope fam, thank you so much for sticking with us through this whole year. And last but certainly not least, thank you very much. Merry Christmas to my Patreon supporters because without you, I wouldn't be able to dedicate about 10 hours a week to this like I do now. That 10 hours a week, I would have to go to work I would have to do boring work and I wouldn't be able to do this. So thanks to your ongoing support, thanks to your very generous support on Patreon, I'm able to dedicate more time to this instead of actually going to work and doing my day job, which happens to be my night job. So thank you so much. Uh, (coughs) As I was reminded in the chat by Philly, thank you for joining us, Philly. As always, you're always welcome here, sir. I know everyone else says you're an arsehole, but they're wrong, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Really reminded me uh, last time I saw Australia, it looked like it was burning to the ground. That's pretty accurate. It's pretty. It's pretty bang on the money. So uh, I'd like to give a daily boogie tip of the hat to the firefighters who over Christmas won't be spending time with their families, won't be opening presents. They won't be doing. Over on Twitch, thank you so Celeste. Thank you for joining us, holding it up on Twitch, our sole Twitch viewer. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> Over there with all your friends. (laughs) Just kidding. So a little, a daily boogie tip of the hat to the brave firefighters, a couple of whom lost their lives earlier in the week. Volunteer firefighters, I might add. So it's going to be a pretty shitty Christmas for those families. They had young kids. Uh, One of them had a baby. Volunteering their time to save their local community. So, uh, you know, thoughts with them. And you know, for all the firefighters, the volunteer firefighters, the paid firefighters over Christmas, we've, you know, they're not going to be able to enjoy the kids opening presents under the tree. They're probably going to miss Christmas dinner, but it's a, it's a pretty thankless job what they do. Um, you know, when, when something's going down, when there's some kind of emergency and everybody's running out, the firefighters are the guys who are running in the opposite direction. They're running in. So spare a thought for them over Christmas if you are of the Australian brand, if you are of the Australian nationality. Tip of the hat to those guys. It's it's funny growing up in Australia when it comes around to Christmas because if, if you're an Australian, I know there's a couple of Australians in the audience, Nadine and Brett, I, I noticed. There might be a few more. You guys will know what I'm talking about. But for our American brothers and sisters, it is kind of weird having Christmas in Australia. Like, for example, one of my good friends, one of my co-hosts on the Common Discourse is from Poland, the voice of reason, Adam J. And he's said to me before, Christmas just isn't right without snow. Yeah, it it just doesn't make sense without snow. Because, of course, here in Australia, it doesn't snow at Christmas. More often than not, it's blistering heat because we're in the middle of an Australian summer. So it's funny when you grow up in Australia when it gets around to Christmas because... You're a little kid and you're in school and you're taught to sing these Christmas songs, right? Jingle bells, jingle bells. And I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. We're singing about snow and reindeer and snowmen and jingle bells and winter. <laughs> and then outside, if you don't have a hat and sunscreen on, you will literally burst into flames. Its like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> we get all this cultural influence from obviously our father, the UK, and our brother, the United States, but they're up in the northern hemisphere, so they're doing the winter thing. They're walking in a winter wonderland, and down here in Australia, you don't want to walk anywhere because it's too fucking hot. So Christmas in Australia is different. Um, we'll pro- it's, it, we've we've been lucky the last few, last couple of days have been really cool, like and I mean about 27 degrees Celsius. We're getting a little bit of rain now, which is much needed because of the bu- uh, the bushfire situation. But Christmas Day will probably be in the pool drinking beer you know what I mean uh, Boxing Day, which is the day after Christmas for you guys well, watch a bit of the cricket drink some cold beers, have a barbecue I mean, the drink of choice tonight look at this monster that I've got here that is a, that is a one litre uh, glass of mimosa that I'm drinking <laughs> because it's already Christmas Eve here as you'll know, we're a day in front. So it is strange. But I thought as a special treat tonight, where I've got i I've got a lot of Christmassy stuff. It's my favorite time of year because we have the Christmas outrage stories. Like Christmas is under attack. They're, they're my personal favorites. That's like a Christmas present to me to see people getting upset about stuff at Christmas time. Pointless shit. So I'm like, yes. So we've got a couple of those stories. I do have a couple of weird and wonderful stories from around the web got a couple of stories about social media influence that you'll be pleased to uh you know you'll be pleased to engaged in uh engage with so looking forward to all that but before I do all that I thought a very special treat I'm going to play for you a traditional Australian Christmas song this is a Christmas song that speaks to Australian hearts and minds and souls it's it's quintessentially Australian. Every Australian little boy and girl grows up knowing this song. We all grow up singing this song because, like I said, Christmas in Australia is a very unique experience. While the whole rest of the world is trying to tell you to sing about jingle bells and snowmen and white Christmases, we're burning to a crisp down here, drinking cold beer, having barbecues and swimming in the pool. So this is a very, very traditional Australian Christmas song. And I'd like, if you could, the words are up on the screen, when the song starts, I'd like if you could, if you could sing along with me. It'll make all the Australians very happy. Bring the kids in. The, the kids will love this one. It's a very kid-friendly Christmas number, a very traditional Australian Christmas song, ladies and gentlemen. So won't you join with us and please Merry Christmas. Enjoy a very traditional Australian Christmas song.
3: Quite often I get to thinking how as kids we got by. Like at Christmas time at our house, we couldn't even afford a fire. But we made do with what we had back then when I was young. Dad used to suck a peppermint, we'd all sit around his tongue. We couldn't afford no fancy tinsel for our Christmas tree, so we'd just wheel our granddad in and make the old cunt sneeze. Round the other side, nanna. But things changed pretty bloody quick, i got kids now of my own, and I heard them unwrap their prezzies last night when I got home. Hey Santa Claus, you cunt, where's me fucking bike? I've unwrapped all this other junk and there's nothing that I like. I wrote your fucking letter and i come to see you twice, You worn out geriatric fudge, you, you forgot, forgot me fucking bike. Said you can shove right up your arse You stuffed me bloody order up It's enough to make you spew But it's not just me who's snaky, mate Me sister's dirty too Hey Santa Claus, you cunt Where's me fucking pram? You promised me you'd send me one And you remember who I am Cause I'm the little girl What you made fit right on your hand I'll give you fucking ho-ho-ho You forgot me fucking pram Yeah, you just wait till next year till you get back to that store. And me and me little sister come stomping through the door, I will say. Hey, mums and dads, just smell his breath and check his bloodshot eyes. And don't listen to him, boys and girls, because he tells fucking lies. He's just a piss tank and a pervert. He's not even very bright. nothing that I like. I wrote you fucking letter and I come to see you twice. You worn out geriatric bartender got me fucking bike. I'll dodge you in your cunt. I'll <laughs> tell me old man on you he'll punch your fucking lights out. I saw mummy sucking Santa Claus.
1: There you have it. traditional very traditional australian christmas tune for you boys and girls thank you so much for joining us on the christmas edition of the daily boogie hope the kids enjoyed that one (laughs) (laughs) all right let's get into it got a couple of outrage stories here for you like i said some of my personal favorites saw this one floating around on twitter earlier today hope you enjoyed that hope you enjoyed the very traditional australian christmas song got a couple of other songs for you later in the show as well just to celebrate santa's birthday the birth the birth of santa claus <laughs> santa gate it's on pj media uh, all the links we refer to will be in the show notes after the show so if you want to get that clip it'll be when i when i send out the podcast click on that link and it'll take you to the podcast website and you'll be able to get all the links down there Brett Harris in the chat's just giving a thumbs up. He knew it was coming, by the way. He knew exactly what song I was going to play. <laughs> Only the Aussies. <laughs> it's one for the Aussie bros. Santagate. Microsoft removed Santa hat icon after a single user complained it was pushing religion. <laughs> and on the, And on the seventh day, Santa Claus created the stocking and Eve refused to wear them, because Adam was a bit of a prude. There was a huge dust up in the IT community this week after Microsoft caved to a developer who complained about a festive Santa hat embedded in the code saying the religious symbol was offensive. (laughs) (laughs) The drama played out on GitHub, the leading open source code repository. Uh, which hosts Microsoft's open source projects, including the popular developer tool VS Code. Early, learn to fuck it. Learn to Santa. Right? Earlier this week, a user named Christian Schiffer opened an issue on the platform, complaining that someone at Microsoft had inserted an Easter egg into the code, displaying a Santa hat to users. Santa hat on VS Code insiders and pushing of religion is very offensive to me, he wrote in the subject line. Who would have thought that somebody who makes their living making things for the internet could be possibly offended by anything? Like, am I so out of touch? Am I so old now? I remember, like, the early days of the internet. It was like the fucking Wild West, man. And that's the way we want it. We want the people who are working on the internet to treat it like the Wild West, like anything goes. Aren't we supposed to be concerned with freedom here? Why are we getting offended at things? additionally christmas has cost millions of jews their lives over the centuries yet even if that was not the case pushing religious symbols as part of a product update is complete it's completely unacceptable well it's completely unacceptable i don't know what to tell you he went on to say please remove it immediately and make it your top priority (laughs) this to me this is almost equally offensive as a swastika. Yes. <laughs> Santa hats. Santa hats and swastikas, ladies and gentlemen. They're practically the same thing, right? God, I love a good Christmas outrage story. Get rid of that. Get rid of that religious symbol Santa hat immediately. It's basically a swastika because you know folklore tells us that Santa comes down the chimney. <laughs> But they don't tell you the other half of that chimney story. Ah, no, I shouldn't. (laughs) Merry fucking Christmas. (laughs) Santa only comes down the chimney to clean it. Clean it out. Because he's a Nazi. See how this works? Uh, There was a story the other day going around. I don't know if you saw this. If you didn't, if you did, you're going to see it again anyway. A little, a, a sweet little girl in the UK got a Christmas card from China, but within the Christmas card, there was a story attached. Did you see this? Have a look at
4: this. When six-year-old Florence Widdicombe sat down to write Christmas cards for her friends, she wasn't expecting to find a card with a message already inside.
2: The card said, we are for forbidden prisoners forced to work against our will, please contact Peter Humphrey. I'm not not
1: laughing at the situation. Merry Christmas. Imagine that. This little girl gets this Christmas card home from the shop and inside it is a written message from somebody in China. Please help us. They're holding us against our will. (laughs) I'm, I'm not laughing at the situation. I am laughing at the fact that, you know, the corporate world likes to push China as the future. Like we all need to emulate the Chinese model. We all need to adopt the Chinese social credit score. So while they're pumping out these Christmas cards, which is all about happiness and love and family and, you know, Santa Claus and presents and joy, they're there basically with guns pointed to their heads oh, no, you'll make a fucking nice. You'll make a nice card or we fucking kill your family. Okay? <laughs> I don't know why my Chinese sounds Mexican today. I better have another sip of mimosa. Mm. What a horrifying juxtaposition. Merry Christmas and, and love to all. Happy birthday, Jesus. We love Christmas. We love presents. We love you. This is a Christmas card. And then she opens it up and it says, help me. Get me out of here, please. They're threatening to kill my family. Do something, please, little girl.
4: (laughs) The secret message had been packed by foreign prisoners in China who were victims of forced labour, alarming Florence's parents.
3: I felt very shocked, but I
1: also felt... um, uh... Very, very Christmassy. A responsibility to pass it on to Peter Humphreys, as the author asked me to do. Yeah. Christmas is all about, uh, you know, obviously celebrating the birth of Christ, uh, getting together, sharing love and gifts with your loved ones, um, getting together as a family, you know, being happy and peaceful and making lots of money on the illegal slave trade Christmas card market. That's what it's about. God bless capitalism.
4: Humphrey in question is a British former journalist and corporate fraud investigator. Humphrey and his American wife were both sentenced in China in 2014 for illegally obtaining private records of Chinese citizens and selling the information to clients. Florence's father contacted Mr Humphrey on LinkedIn.
3: Well, I spent two years in captivity in Shanghai between 2013 and 2015. And my final nine months of that captivity was in this very prison, in this very cell block where this message has come from. So this was written by some of my uh, cellmates from that period who are still there serving sentences. Don't you feel guilty?
4: Florence's discovery led to British supermarket chain Tesco suspending a Chinese card supplier on Sunday and said it has withdrawn the cards from sale as it investigates.
3: When I was there... um, manufacturing labour work was voluntary. You know, prisoners could could do that as a way to earn the pennies that they need um, to buy daily necessities like soap and and toothpaste and and biscuits.
1: Biscuits are a necessity? I guess he is British, right? How do you expect me to work under these conditions without some biscuits, you
3: disgusting fascists? Um, But what has happened in the last year or so is that work has become compulsory. Tesco's credit
4: cards were produced at a printing factory about 100 kilometres from Shanghai's Qingpu prison. A spokesman for Tesco said on Sunday, "quote We abhor the use of prison labour and would never allow it in our supply chain.
1: (laughs) We would never allow it, (laughs) unless, of course, we were making money hand over fist. Then, of course, we would allow it. There you go, fantastic. Um, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas." little girl. Merry Christmas, UK. Merry Christmas, everybody in the Western world. Please help me. Get me the fuck out of here. They're holding us against their will. Another little Christmas treat for you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Remember, the commentary has been over the last little while that Donald Trump is losing the trade war. Yes. Yes. Donald Trump is sending us into a recession, into a trade war, ladies and gentlemen. You can't compete with China. You can't beat China. China's got everything covered. China's got everything under control. China owns Donald Trump. China is making Donald Trump look silly. Think of all the prices that are going to go through the roof. Why, <laughs> why the Chinese can just hold out for another 100 years. They don't even have to do anything. They're not panicked at all. Donald Trump's the one that's panicking. China has all of the... China is holding all the aces here in this hand. Sorry, America. You're just going to have to give in. You're going to have to fold. You're going to have to yield to China. You're going to have to do what China wants because China gets what China wants. Merry fucking Christmas. We have news on trade. China is going to be cutting tariffs on hundreds of products while President Trump says phase one will be signed very shortly. Oh. Cutting tariffs, are they? Hmm? China's cutting tariffs on hundreds of products, are they? Hmm. Sounds like they're really in control of this negotiation phase. All good news there. Hillary Vaughn. With the latest Hillary from DC. Vaughan. Hi, Hillary.
5: Hi, David. Well, this is coming from China's Customs Tariff Commission announcing today that starting in the new year, they will cut import tariffs on about 860 different products. Some of those import taxes will be reduced all the way down to zero.
1: <laughs> wow, how about that? You know, Donald Trump, Donald Trump's getting his ass handed to him by China. China is the boss. China is the king. You can't put pressure on China. China doesn't need America. America needs China. The more pressure you put on China, it's only going to hurt the United States. You know, think of, think of the disgusting corporate press in the United States who have actually been telling you that unless you give in to China's trade demands, that you're the ones that are going to suffer. You're the ones that are going to lose. Of course, this is an effort to put pressure on Donald Trump by making you get into an outright an outrage cycle. So you start demanding of Donald Trump. Stop the trade war. We're all getting fucked here. Please stop the trade war. Stop poking the bear. Stop antagonizing China, Donald Trump. I don't want to go broke. I don't want to have I don't want to live in the street. Please stop Donald Trump. You're going crazy. This has effectively been the corporate press over the last two years. A hysterical shrieking woman in a King Kong movie. Oh, my God. (laughs) And next thing you know, just before Christmas, like it's no accident either that this report comes out, you know, three days before Christmas, whilst everybody is focusing on other shit that's why this gets released now this is why china is making this announcement now because they don't want it to be a big thing because they would what would happen they would lose face right so they're trying to just slip it in they're trying to make it sound like oh no it's just all it's just all part of the negotiation nothing to see here please go back to your do, uh, please go back to your spending please go back to your purchasing of chinese products in the in walmart if you could please That's what we really want.
2: Oh my God, China! They're going to China's fucking everybody. Oh my God, I can't do anything about it.
1: (laughs) And very shortly, all good news there. Hillary Vaughn with the latest from
3: D.C. Hi, Hillary.
5: Hi, David. Well, this is coming from China's Customs Tariff Commission announcing today that starting in the new year, they will cut import tariffs on about 860 different products. Some of those import taxes will be reduced all the way down to zero. Zero. The types of products that they are targeting, food products, pharmaceuticals, and also some high-tech products, they're also going to see import taxes go down starting in mid-summer, July 1st, 2020. Uh, These import tax Reductions applied to food products like frozen pork. China's been hit with a they love, sweeping problem.
1: They love their pork in China. Big fans of pork. Get some pork on your fork.
5: And With the swine flu. So that's something they're looking to. Bring.
1: China imports a massive amount of food because all of the food in China is poisonous.
5: <laughs> bring in um, as well frozen avocados, uh, non-frozen. We can't
1: spare any avocados. What the hell are you doing? What is this Donald Trump madman thinking? We can't spare avocados. Think of all of the poor Mexican farmers who will go out of work.
5: Orange juice. Those are some of the food products. You're also looking at some pharmaceuticals as well. Medicines that um, help with asthma as well as diabetes medication.
1: Asthma is a big one in China because of the pollution over there.
5: Those tariffs will go down as well. David. Hi, I'm Avi. My.
1: don't know why we went to Pink News all of a sudden. Uh, So well done. Ladies and gentlemen, for the last two years, you've been sold the story that this trade war with China was only going to end in the destruction of the American economy. That Donald Trump is an absolute madman and there's nothing you can do but yield to China's demands. A few days before Christmas, uh, well, maybe we'll just drop some of those tariffs. Please go back to your Christmassy spending, Westerners. Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> Another Christmas outrage story for you, ladies and gentlemen.
6: A Melbourne childcare centre has ditched Santa for its end-of-year party. Some parents aren't happy about it. Kensington Community Childcare. We've
1: got to get rid of Santa now. Santa is offensive. We already read the, the story about the Christmas hat being offensive. So it's not like we could just put a sombrero on Santa and, and that's okay. Like the Santa hat is effectively the MAGA hat, which is effectively a schwa so once we get rid of the Santa hat, then we have to get rid of the Santa wearing the hat and replace him with something else. So what did this childcare said? If you were, cons- if you ever had suspicions that, um, you know, children are being introduced to these very nuanced, very complex political topics at ever increasingly younger ages, I'm here to tell you that's all right-wing conspiracy theory. It's absolutely not happening. Now, here's a story about a childcare centre with three and four year olds replacing Santa Claus with a sustainability person.
6: It was replacing Santa with a sustainability pirate for its picnic. A... The centre is defending the move, <laughs> saying. A sustainability pirate.
1: Arr. Now, after I rape you, wife, I want to talk to you about recycling your plastics. Before we pillage this village, me vermin on the high seas, have you considered what the effects of burning this wood will have on the climate? Ah. Oh, you mean gay pirate. Ah, right.
6: It wants everyone to feel welcome regardless of their beliefs. Tom. Okay. <laughs> wants
1: everyone to feel welcome regardless of their beliefs. What if I don't believe in sustainability pirate? Am I still welcome? What if I want to dress up as Santa? Can I come then? What if I believe in Santa? See, everyone should be welcome regardless of their beliefs. What about all the kids who believe in Santa? (laughs) Which I would suspect would be like 95% of the kids there, right? And that's being conservative. I suspect 95% of the kids believe in Santa. You know, it's funny, like, when I was younger and I was like an angry atheist, my opinion was, like, don't tell kids that there's a Santa Claus because why Why lie to them, you know what I mean? And it's funny, like, it was only later in life when I became a Christian, from atheism to Christianity. It was only then that I actually decided, and I know a lot of Christians hate the fucking Santa Claus Christmas stuff, but it was only later in life when I changed my mind on all that. And now I actually think if you're the type of person that wants to rip santa claus away from kids and rip away like all of those magic stories like you know the reindeer and the north pole and the surprise and all of that kind of thing if you're somebody that actually wants to deny a child that magic in that very short space of time that they have to believe in it like it might be 10 years that you get as a kid to believe that the world is magical and good before you start figuring out that the world is actually not magical and shit if you're somebody that wants to deny a child that, you know, rite of passage, I now think that you're an arsehole. Whereas once upon a time I was like, yeah, don't don't tell the kids about Santa, that's awful. Don't lie to them. But now I actually think like, no, no, if you if you make go out of your way to destroy that magical moment and that those magical years for children, then you're a cunt, you know what I mean? It's funny how things change as we get older.
6: Seriously. I mean, if you have to, have Sustainability Pirate come along as well as Santa.
3: Well, exactly. Santa's someone who spreads
1: goodwill and gives things to children. A pirate, by definition, is someone who robs (laughs) you or takes Takes over your ship. the sustainability pirate is coming is coming to steal your shit so you can you can <laughs> whack on all the sustainability and greta tunberg uh, labels that you like but the fact is the kids would much prefer to have santa there
6: Janie, what do you think oh well it must be christmas must-
1: Oh, what do you know about kids mate what do you know about santa how long's it been since you were a kid sir maybe the kids want maybe the kids want sustainability pirate <laughs> brett's like brett asks the most poignant question Just actually, what the fuck is a sustainability pirate? Anyway, I guess it's a pirate whose pirate ship is powered by solar panels. (laughs) I mean, if you think of a sustainability pirate, when you think of piracy, you think of being on the high seas. Maybe Greta Thunberg herself is the sustainability pirate. You think about it, she's been sailing all around the world on a ship and she's trying to steal money from taxpayers to pay for solar panels. I think we solved it. Greta Thunberg is the sustainability pirate. So Greta's going to come out to the childcare centre and one of the workers there is going to come up and say, would you like an orange juice, little girl? No, I work here. Oh, sorry, sorry, it's you, Greta. I couldn't make you out with that eye patch on.
6: Isn't it Because we're taking an educational institution somewhere and whipping them because they've done something that shouldn't be done around Christmas time. Oh, for goodness sake, it's as regular as tinsel, this story. It is, um, it is. We do do it at this every- time every year.
1: It's as regular as Tinsel. Did she just call a childcare centre an educational institution? That explains a lot, actually. Because if we're putting childcare centres for three- and four-year-olds on the same level as higher tertiary education and universities, then everything now falls into place for me. Everything makes total sense. I mean, these, these stories about people doing things that they shouldn't do around Christmas at educational institutions... Oh, You mean that place where the three-year-olds roll around in the sandbox and shit themselves? Are you talking about that? Yes, of course I'm talking about Sydney University.
6: <laughs> yeah, yep. And some poor little preschool somewhere ends uh, up in the firing uh, line. Let them do what they like. And and a lot of small children are terrified of sand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're going to prefer a pirate then. <laughs> If the kids are terrified of Santa, then I guess we better bring in a bloodthirsty pirate instead. That'll solve it. Well done. (laughs) Don't you love the logic at play here? Isn't it fantastic? We must defend anybody attacking Christmas at all costs, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Actually, we'll stick with the kids for a minute. We'll stay with the kids in a minute. Uh, I've got this fun little story here for you. And this comes direct from the next cultural epicenter of the world. This comes from the next superpower, and just further evidence that uh, all ca- you know. If you were concerned about the culture of Western society worshiping a fat guy in a suit that gives presents to strange children and climbs down chimneys, who's he's obviously a Nazi because of his little red hat. If you were concerned about that uh, aspect of Western culture, then fear not. Because the next world superpower, India, has got some cultural remedies that I think will fit in very well here. Boy Six, born with a tail, is worshipped as a monkey god, but his parents hide him away. How dare they? How dare they refuse access for the townsfolk to this monkey god creature? What the hell is wrong with them, these heathens? The townsfolk deserve access to their monkey god. Shivam Kumar was born with an unusual growth of hairs which looks like a tail on his back and his neighbours in Delhi, India, believe he is the reincarnation of the Hindu monkey god, Hunaman. There's, there's the little tail there. It's just hair on his back. That's all it is. <laughs> a six-year-old boy born with a tail is being worshipped as a monkey god, but his parents have been forced to hide him away due to the attention. He's quite the celebrity. Shivam Kumar's neighbours believe he is a div- divine being due to the unusual growth of hairs on his back. So they shower him with chocolates and snacks. He's going to be a very fat monkey god if his parents don't get him on some celery and cal- carrots lickety split. They flock to see him as word spread after he was born in Delhi, India. Some came with flowers, believing he was the reincarnation of Hunaman, a powerful monkey deity for Hindus. The growth shocked doctors and Shivam's parents, including his mother, Rina, uh, 30, who refuses to shave it off because it would bring a bad omen for our family. There you have it. There he is. There's the monkey god. The incessant, the incessant visits took place for almost a full year before the family's local guru asked them to stop letting people carry on worshipping him as a god. The guru said it would have untold effects on his psyche and later life. You don't say. Since then, the boy has... Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Have you ever heard of Hoonaman? Why, yes, of course I have. Hoonaman is the powerful monkey god. Well, would you like to see the small of my back? oh my goodness, you know, as a monkey God, uh, you basically have to do whatever I tell you. You realize that (laughs) this guy has his pick of all the women in the village. Since then, the boy has been living his life normally, but continues to be pampered by his neighbors. His mother said, everyone loves him so much in my neighborhood. Ah, if he wasn't a, if he wasn't a monkey God, would they even care? Initially, it caused a problem for us. People would visit our house every uh, visit our house every other day, which would hinder our daily lives. Our guru suggested asking people to stop this madness and let them live their life. So we followed his instructions, and the people now have lessened uh, have lessened approaching us. It's written terribly, although it has not stopped completely. There you have it. the The miracle, ladies and gentlemen, at this time of year. We're so, we're so self-absorbed. We like to talk about Jesus being born in a major. Nobody wants to talk about the monkey god Hoonaman being born in a village in Delhi. I think we need to share the love. Merry monkey god, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Speaking of animals. Found this clip interesting. Because from time to time, we will attack this idea of the e-celebrity on this show. You know, the influencer. People who want to talk, describe themselves as an internet influencer. An e-celeb. And, you know, we take issue with these people from time to time. But I've got good news. If you were angered by the fact that people are getting on the internet calling themselves influencers. And doing all the ridiculous things that go along with e-celeb status. Fear not because it has now branched out into the animal kingdom. No, I'm not talking about the monkey god Hoona man I'm talking about your average cat and or dog.
4: Well, now to some lighter news, and pets on social media are turning into big business with millions of people around the world following famous dogs and cats. The most successful earn more than their human owners, and it's really not that hard to cash in. <laughs>
6: I'm sexy and I know
4: it. She's the pint-sized
0: pooch with plenty of personality.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That is a fucking ugly dog, man. <laughs> Don't you think? Don't you think it's weird looking? <laughs> it doesn't look very... Look at this picture in the middle here with the, with the skivvy on. With the big neck, it's just staring at the camera. It could this dog could have been the one that wrote the message in the Christmas card. Please help me. I'm being forced to work against my will. I'm being held captive in a Chinese prison to get likes on Instagram. Please do something. Send somebody. Get me the hell out of here. I'm sexy
6: and I know it.
0: She's the pint sized pooch with plenty of personality. With plenty of She's personality. Very fussy. She's got a really animated little face for a dog and
1: Now, I will put my hand up here. I don't use Instagram, but my dog is on Instagram courtesy of my wife, and my dog has more followers than my wife does. <laughs>
0: and that really works Adelaide's own Margaret the <clears throat> Italian greyhound
1: but our dog is actually very attractive compared to this ugly little ball of of nightmare
0: is a social media superstar she's become so popular this four-legged friend has turned fashionista
1: fashionista
0: launching her own range of jumpsuits as well as cards magnets and mugs
1: I mean good on her good on the parent right good on the doggy the doggo owner for monetizing this this Craziness. Like fucking good luck to you. Like if you can make money selling dog stuff, then fine. I don't care. But (laughs) but when we get into these this kind of territory where the dog has portfolios, where the dog itself is the celebrity instead of just the model, that's when I start to get a little concerned
4: had a bit of trouble
7: particularly during the American winter keeping up with their demand but it's a really
0: good little side income we have the highest pet ownership in the world in Australia so it's a huge industry Natalie Giddings is the chief furry officer of
1: geez geez, I love Australia. Australia Australia is a country of extremes you know what I mean I love Australia and I love being an Australian I mean we have more pets here than anybody else We smoke more marijuana here than the people of Holland. We drink more beer than the Germans. We have more homosexuals than San Francisco. We've got it all, baby. And if that wasn't enough, we have more deadly animals here than anywhere else. (laughs) And people, when they're walking down the street, just burst into flames. We have a native tree here, the gum tree. People don't understand why this, like, part of the reason why our fires, our bushfires are so violent is because of this tree. Like, if you don't believe me, you can look this up, right? This is actually the tree, like the eucalypts, right? These are the trees that the koalas eat. They're the only thing that eats these leaves because there's no nutrition, no nutritional value in them whatsoever. But these trees, right, just because of the nature of like their chemical makeup or whatever, during a fire they don't just burn they literally explode so a fire is sweeping through here right and you come up to these gum trees these eucalypt trees the tree the tree you can hear them burst like you can hear them exploding in a fire and that spreads the fire twice as fast but we we don't cut them down we can't get rid of them because that's what the koalas eat. So we're like, oh, well, we guess we better leave it for the koalas. But if there's going to be a fire here, then they're going to burst into flame, like literally explode like bombs. It's quite extraordinary. The exploding eucalypt trees. So, you, you know, you're trying to escape the wildlife. You think, well, I'll get away from the snakes. I'll get away from the spiders. I'll get away from the crocodiles. I'll get away from the swooping magpies and minor birds that want to peck my eyes out when I'm walking to school. And I'll just go camping in the woods for a little while. Next thing you know, the trees are exploding and killing you. you. You cannot escape death in Australia. That's why I love it so much.
0: Of Remarkable Pets, an agency dedicated to pet influences, and she says there's a growing appetite for this kind of content. In fact, there's a load of Australians following just pet influences. And for those that...
1: <laughs> that is one ugly dog. Oh, wait, that's a llama. Pardon me, that's a llama. I assume. I, I don't even know what that thing is. Gain
0: a faithful following, there is Huggies. money to be made. You would start in...
1: we in the money, Where are in the money.
0: Tree level at about $150 a post, right up to sort of $2,500 per post, depending wow. on the pet. If you think your furry friend has what it takes to be the next big influencer, the advice is to think about their persona and entertaining photos you can take. Keep it (laughs) professional. I
1: can't even think about my persona. It is fucking depressing when you've been doing podcasts for two years and you realise if only I was a dog, then I'd be popular. If only I was an ugly dog wearing a Santa hat, I could be making $2,000 a show for doing this shit. (laughs) Think about your persona. Maybe I should have thought about my persona a little more. Maybe if I was eating chum, uh, you know, chewing bones and licking my own penis on camera, then I might get paid more. What do you think? Should I take this turn? What if I started scratching? What if I got fleas? What if I started pissing on the rug? Do you think I could make more money doing it that way? I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my time here talking about politics and media and all of these boring things. All I need to do is lick my own testicles. If I can figure out how to do that, I'll be a millionaire. Get all get all the money. I'm in the wrong business, absolutely. So I want to I put that up against this story. Animal activists hold protest outside of SeaWorld on the Gold Coast. If you don't know what SeaWorld is, it's like an aquarium park up in the goldies up on up on goldie ladies and gentlemen you know they have dolphins and shark tanks and all that kind of stuff
7: so the animal justice party strongly believes that no animal should be forced into entertainment
1: what about what about the influencers what about this happy little guy here no animals should be forced into entertainment look at this i this guy agrees i think this guy, if he could vote, if if he's an influencer, he should be getting everyone to vote for the Animal Justice Party.
7: Uh, at dolphinariums, Dol- she's got a bit of a Tara Reid thing going on.
1: This chick, doesn't she?
7: Dolphins are forced to do what we consider circus-style circus uh, style tricks. These animals are wild animals, and they belong in the free, open ocean with their families.
1: Getting eaten by other animals. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to live. OK. Pardon me.
7: We want SeaWorld to stop the breeding of these animals. Uh, Something that I find really sad is that when I was a young child, I went to SeaWorld. I didn't realise that dolphins don't belong in captivity, and if I had, I probably would have refused to have gone.
1: We've got a regular Lisa Simpson on our hands here, folks.
7: But these dolphins in captivity can live for up to 50 years.
1: Sounds pretty good, 50 years for a dolphin.
7: Which means that the dolphins that I saw as a child... Are possibly still in the...
1: Uh, enjoying old age? <laughs> Not being harpooned by Japanese people?
7: Same backyard pools doing the same mean... Ba-
1: backyard pools? Did she just say backyard pools? <laughs> what kind of fucking theme park was this chick going to? I think she said she saw dolphins in backyard pools.
7: What I saw as a child are possibly still in the same backyard pools doing the same... Ha <laughs>
1: Dolphins in backyard pools doing tricks, huh? That sounds fun. <laughs> what, what kind of a theme? This wasn't SeaWorld she was going to. She was just going to Jimmy's house. You know, there was no amphitheater. There was no grandstand. There was just those really cheap plastic lawn chairs next to the pool. The person working there was Jimmy's mum who would just bring out little cakes. You know what I mean? Would you like to see our pet dolphin do some tricks? I, I would. I, I'd like to swim in the pool. Actually, no, the pool belongs. The pool belongs to Flipper here. You know, there's nothing more disturbing for me than seeing 50 year old dolphins performing circus tricks in backyard pools. <laughs> <laughs> That's, give me the chat. That's quite a fucking pool. <laughs> this, this dolphin's pool is bigger than my house. Between the dogs getting paid two and a half thousand dollars for Instagram posts for wearing ridiculous jumpers and you know shitty sweaters, and the dolphins who live in pools that are bigger than my house. Like I'm we're completely fucked here. The animals are taking over, ladies and gentlemen.
7: Meaningless and demeaning tricks. Um, and could be for some years to come. Yeah. We need to make sure hopefully, that no hopefully. more animals are being born and bred in captivity.
1: Okay, there you go. What a sourpuss. You'd think if you went to somebody's house and saw a dolphin performing flip-flops in a backyard pool, that would actually you'd be happy about that. But I guess not. I guess not. Time for another little musical interlude. Don't worry, we've got plenty more to get through. But I did I did want to share this one. There's only two more songs left. Where are the lemons? The lemons are on D Live, Celeste. If you'd like to, by the way, if you want to tip the show, if you want to give a tip live on air then please head over to dlive.tv slash boogie bumper and get yourself some lemons put some put some lemons under my tree baby put some lemons under my tree i'm pleased to announce that uh since we've started going to dlive, thanks to you thanks to your support of the audience again i just want to give you a little tip of the hat it's the first time in about two and a half years of doing this that i've actually been tipped live on air like i have patreon supporters and who I very much appreciate because without the Patreon supporters, I wouldn't be able to dedicate, like I said, about 10 or 12 hours a week to doing this. Like the what the Patreon supporters provide me is the the time difference, the money difference that I would have to do at work doing my day job so I can put more time into this. So thank you so much as always. But uh, since we went to D Live, it's thanks to the generosity of the audience. It's the first time that I've actually been tipped, like actually made money on a live stream. So thank you very much to the boys and girls over on D-Live. Thank you for the ice creams. Thank you for the lemons. So I do want to give another little musical interlude, if I could, just a few minutes of your time. Uh, Most of you probably know this about me, but maybe perhaps some of you don't. Uh, I was raised in a house where um, English was not the first language of the people I was raised by. English was my first language. But I was raised by two Germans. Their native tongue was German. And actually, they never taught me German growing up. I, I once asked, why, why why aren't you teaching me German? And they said, we, we want you to be an Australian, not a German in Australia. So we are teaching you Australian. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks very much for that. So, <clears throat> But I would get this speech every single year. Uh, the Christmas Carol, Silent Night, is originally a German Christmas carol. It was, it was originally written in German, in the German language. Not many people know that. And when you actually hear it, you can you can kind of tell that it just makes more sense in German. The, the rhymes go together a lot better. So I just thought, you know, just for something a little different, a little musical interlude, I will give you the original version of Silent Night. This is not, a, I'm not, this is an employee, by the way. This isn't Santa Claus, you can't, I just think it's beautiful. Uh, it's, it's very uh, ethereal in German. So I thought I'd give you the, the German, the original German version of Silent Night, because I heard it so many times growing up, thanks to my German upbringing. Uh, Stille Nacht. So tell me what you think. I think it's absolutely amazing, even if you don't understand what they're singing about. Even if you don't understand the language, please enjoy this. original Silent Night, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Sung as it should be sung in German. Stille Nacht, Heilige Nacht. Alright. Let's get back to the... (laughs) Let's get back to the... Let's get back to the fucking, shall we? Uh, (laughs) Here's some more bullshit stories. Uh, This one was from Sky News. This was reviewing the last 10 years of social media trends as I'm sure you would all agree. Whatever happens on social media... Thank you for the diamond word, Spider. Much appreciated. Uh, Whatever happens on social media is everything that we should care about, I think. I think you'll agree. What's happening on social media is absolutely the most important thing that's happening in our lives right now. People really like that. Don't worry. I'll put the link to that in the show notes after the show. Trust me, I heard it. I heard it every single year growing up. Every single time because I don't know what it's like in the States, but... Uh, Christmas Eve in Australia they always have like a concert um you know Christmas carols thank you Natalie Joe very generous of you Merry Christmas uh they always play Christmas carols on the TV here on Christmas Eve so you know families get together and watch the Christmas carols and they have Australian singers come up and do all the Christmas carols and stuff. And every single time Silent Night came on, I would get the same speech. (laughs) Thank you very much for the Diamonds, guys, over on D-Life. I would get the exact same speech every single time. You know, you know, it's it's not meant to be sung in English. Yes, I know, Mum. You know, it sounds much better in German. Yes, I know, Mum. It was originally a German song, wasn't it, Mum? Yes, it was. And this is the only way you are supposed to listen to it in German. The English version is not is not the same. The translation is not good. It's supposed to be sung in German. This is a German song. Okay, mum. Every single year. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Still I marked. So I'm glad you enjoyed that. That just that just brought back uh, so many conversations from my childhood playing that again. So let's see. Uh, this little bit, this little piece about the trends that shape the world on YouTube. See if we can remember any of them. I, I don't know how much attention on uh, YouTube, pardon me, on social media. I don't know how much attention you pay to social media. Is,
2: yeah, wanna, yeah, it,
1: Thank you, Joanne. Very generous of you. Thank you for the diamonds and the ice creams and the lemons, ladies and gentlemen. From the self <laughs> Nice drive-by shooting music, Boogie. Well, it's different.
5: To planking, it was a decade defined by trending. The 2010s saw the rise of social media fame, influencers, and short-lived fads. Danica De Giorgio takes us back through the. Hu-
1: Don't forget the pet influencers. I hope they. I hope they could squeeze the pet influencers in here.
5: Eyes and blows.
1: Thank you, Gypsy.
8: Thank you, Sebastian. Very well done.
1: <laughs> Ludwig in the chat. Dussy snicked good. That is not good.
8: <laughs> They're the social media fads and crazes that defined the decade often coming...
1: Nicht are good, mein
2: Herr.
8: ...and going in a flash. We begin with a splash for a good cause. I'm just going to donate, guys. The ALS Ice Bucket Challenge took the world by storm to raise awareness of motor neuron disease.
1: Did anyone do the ice bucket thing? I didn't do the ice bucket thing.
8: Even Bill Gates got into it.
1: Oh, Bill Gates is so natural there, standing under a bucket. I'm surprised the bucket wasn't diamond encrusted. (laughs) People loving the diamond song. Thank you very much. Sebastian, I think that was. Thank you so much.
8: Trend involving turning one's body into the shape of a wooden plank.
1: Oh, planking. Planking. Do you remember planking? That was a thing for a while. There was a professional football player here who got in trouble for planking on a sign out the front of a shop. And they said, oh, everyone should sack him. Planking is so stupid. I'm like, yeah, of course it's stupid. That's why people are doing it. Um, The planking thing kind of, it, it got less popular in Australia when I think it was like a 19 year old kid decided to plank on the balcony of his high rise rented apartment and fell to a horrifying death. And it was at that point that pretty much everyone in Australia was like, oh, I think we've let the planking thing go far enough. <laughs> People were getting in increasingly dangerous situations to be the next biggest, to be the world's biggest planker. Look at that guy. What a planker. Hmm? Go plank yourself, mate.
8: Planking became a phenomena across the globe, whether it be lying down on stairs, towers, busy. Like imagine getting famous for lying face down. If
1: if if it were that easy, then every victim in the Middle East should be able to be famous on Instagram.
8: <laughs> ...streets or even iconic landmarks. Let's pick up the pace when American DJ and producer Darwin.
1: Thank you for the diamonds, KB.
8: ...released the song Harlem Shake. Nobody could have predicted the... I don't remember Harlem Shake
1: at all. Maybe this is a cultural thing. Celeste said she planks, by the way. She just lies face down. <laughs> I don't remember I don't remember Harlem Shake at all. When I was watching this earlier, I'm like, what the fuck was this? Did I miss something? Did I miss fun? I hate
8: missing fun. The viral hitch that follows. <laughs> An internet meme in which a group of people dance to... The
1: the way these people describe things on the internet is just so vanilla all the time, isn't it? It's like it's the first time I've never looked on the internet before. There is a meme going around on the internet. (laughs) There's this thing called the World Wide Web, and people were engaging in this kind of memery if you don't know what a meme is, it's a thing that makes people laugh that everybody does. They do it on the world wide web, on the internet.
8: The tune was uploaded thousands of times a day in the height of its popularity. Speaking of shaking, uh, dancing.
2: Uh ah,
1: remember my Remember Miley Cyrus before she had STDs? <laughs>
8: Um, well, yes, that... Remember
1: how wholesome she
8: was? ...was awkward, but hey, Miley did spark the twerking phase. And what about the floss?
1: Another, another... (laughs) Miley started the twerking phase, really? There you go. Uh, Black ladies in the United States, there's something else you can thank the white women for. Huh? Huh? How do you like...
4: Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell.
1: Thanks for the follow. Can't, can't you guys come up with your own fads? Can't you come up with your own trends? Sure, we stole jazz from you. We stole rock and roll from you. We stole the blues from you. We stole hip hop from you. And so they must have thought, oh, all right, we're taking one back. We We can't let this white girl do all the twerking. She ain't got no ass. She can't slap those cheeks. Watch this shit. So I'm very happy that the black ladies took over twerking and owned it. It became the it became the black thing, not the Miley Cyrus thing. And funnily enough, uh, after this, Miley Cyrus went back to being wholesome again. Remember, she went through that phase where she was licking her own armpit hair on camera, for some unknown god ungodly reason. <laughs> so she went through that really dirty STD riddled phase, and then after the twerking, after the black people took over twerking. And basically kicked her out of the cab on the way to the twerk spot. Then she was like, oh, okay, I, I guess I better be a good... I better guess I better be a good Southern Christian girl again, huh? I love you, Daddy. That
8: moves. Thank you for the became diamonds. Kylie Jenner pin-up girl for her trademark Big Lips around the world. And teen fans wanted the same, sparking a dangerous internet craze.
2: I clothes my <laughs>
8: Look who's,
1: look who's setting the trends for us. It's, it's Miley Cyrus. It's the Kardashians. It's the Jenners. And it's people who lay flat on boxes. These are the people that are deciding the direction where our culture goes. Once upon a time, we used to look to the poets. We used to look to the intellectuals, the authors, ladies and gentlemen. We used to look to the incredibly smart, gifted, concise people who could summarize the, you know, the melancholy experience that is life and distill it down into a few paragraphs and make us reflect and look inwardly and, and think about things on a different level of consciousness. Once upon a time, this, these are, these were the cultural icons of our day. Now it's like, well, I'm just going to stick my lips in this thing and hopefully it will hurt and they'll explode a little bit. Yeah, I'm just going to shake my ass in front of people. That's, that's what I'm going to do to get famous. I'm just going to lay flat down on a pile of boxes. We'll call it planking. I'll make millions. It's fucking great. All positive role models.
8: <laughs> onto the same, sparking a dangerous internet craze. I've got Achy, my... <laughs> breaky heart, daddy. And now, let me take a selfie. <laughs> Come on, who doesn't do it? And it's been fueled by the rise of social media influencers. So...
1: Here we fucking go again. I, would, I I know the irony, right? <clears throat> I know that I am on the internet doing this show right now. I know thanks to the internet, I'm able to do a podcast and I'm able to do a live stream and you guys are able to listen to it and download it and share it, wink, wink, if you haven't shared it yet. You're listening to the Daily Boogie. I realise that social media makes all of these things possible. Granted. But I think I would if I if I was given the opportunity... If I was given like a big red button and nobody nobody would know you know like one of those genie moments like you can make a wish I would I'm this close to saying I would like to wipe all social media influences off the face of the earth <laughs> I, I know that I wouldn't be in that list because I don't influence anyone to do anything and if I do that's your problem not mine I reject any kind of influencer label. I reject any kind of influencer status. I reject any kind of role modelism. None of that applies here. So if I could press one button and just say, okay, let's just get rid of all of the social media influences right now, I think I would have to be convinced not to press it. But maybe that's just me.
8: Celebs <laughs> like Kim Kardashian have pushed...
1: Just poured myself another mimosa, ladies and gentlemen. Look at the size of that bad boy. Oh, yeah. hmm Merry fucking Christmas.
8: Everything from perfumes to vitamins to luxury handbags <clears throat> and it
0: sells. I need this.
1: The Kardashians are a bit different. Uh, Kim Kardashian, I think, is an incredibly intelligent person. She doesn't get the credit for how smart she is. You know, uh, I speak to people who watch these kind of shows, people in, you know, marketing and communications and stuff, and they say, no, no, the Kardashians are geniuses. They have figured out how to monetize eyeballs unlike anybody else in history. You know, to get, your, to get Kim Kardashian to put on your lipstick would probably cost you close to a million dollars now. To get Kim Kardashian to walk into your store would cost you, you know, your, your child's um, college fund. That's how much they can charge just for wearing a shirt or just for putting on lipstick or just for picking a makeup or just for walking into a store. They are absolute marketing geniuses. See, Ludwig saying she became rich over nothing. Well, she became rich by having a lot of people look at her, right? And she figured out a way to actually make money off it, which is smart, smart. She, if she wasn't doing this, she would be working for the world's largest advertising agency, I think, because she knows how to market people. So the
8: perfect palette. And what does that mean?
1: I mean, she didn't... The Kardashians didn't create this shitty um, social media influencer... Um, universe, this ecosystem that we're living in, right? They didn't create it. They've just figured out how to make money off it. So you know, like, yeah, you, you can't really get angry at them. It's what do they say? Don't hate the player, hate the game, right? Paris Hilton started it. That's true. Word spiders. Word spiders probably hit it on the on the head there. Word spider uh, says Paris Hilton started it. How to be notorious? But Paris Hilton was more slutty, I think. Paris Hilton was more trashy than the Kardashians, even though they both did sex tapes. I think Paris Hilton was more of a, like, there's more Paris Hilton coked up getting getting wrecked at nightclubs than there is of the Kardashians. You know what I mean? Money, money, money.
8: That's right. funny. Money.
1: Everybody's favourite Swedes. If they redid ABBA now, there would just be two girls in burkas and two guys beating them with guitars. I love that.
8: Now, stop and freeze. Just- money, money,
1: money. Must be funny if you're a heathen in the great land of Satan. You disgusting infidel.
8: For a moment for the mannequin challenge.
1: We are going to make Joseph Coney a household name.
8: Back in 2012, an online video about crimes mod- Oh,
1: yeah, Coney. Whatever happened to that? <laughs> Whatever happened to Cody. Coney
8: hadn't heard of committed by a man they didn't know in a country few could place on a map became the world's biggest viral sensation. The video
1: for about a month
8: was posted on YouTube Monday then Tuesday filmmakers say the
1: Brett Hart uh, Brett Harris says I keep calling him Brett Hart <laughs> sorry Brett Brett Harris says wasn't one of the women of ABBA part of a secret Nazi breeding program? I would say I hope so. Say what you will about the Nazis they knew how to breed them. <laughs> Have you, ever se- have you ever seen the pictures of the the women, you know, the Hitler women troops? God, they were all gorgeous. <laughs> God, be- God bless those strict Nazi breeding programs. As far as I'm concerned. I mean, if it wasn't for the Nazis, we might not have blonde haired blue eyed women to ogle over on social media these days. <laughs> I mean, you got to look for the positives. I'm a guy that looks for the positives. I look for the silver linings in things. You know, when when the Australian when the Australian countryside is burning to the ground and there's nothing but ash left, I'm like, well, at least we've got enough room now for a golf course, right? At least we can build a resort here now. We don't have to worry about clearing the clearing the trees out. Mother Nature took care of that for us. You've always got to look for the positives. Otherwise, you're going to be a very sad, disappointed person.
4: The Oprah effect kicked in.
1: Give me in the chat. Hitler women troops? Yeah. Hitler was a feminist. He very much believed in female empowerment. So they would have classes. They'd get like the young German women together and they would learn like, uh, you know, self-defense and martial arts and etiquette and stuff like that. All compulsory, of course. (laughs) The way it should be.
8: The Kony 2012 video produced by the US-based organisation Invisible Children aimed to raise awareness about Joseph Kony, a warlord who led an extremely violent militant movement known for its use of child soldiers in Uganda. The video's message was simple. The world needed to come together to stop Kony. Come together right now over Kony. Now let's catch them all with Pokemon Go. Point your smartphone at
1: the real world. and Oh, Pokemon Go. That was fun. Do you remember that? So many stories here in Australia of kids like walking into rivers and falling off cliffs and stuff, chasing Pokemon Go's, getting hit by trucks because they would just race out onto the street trying to catch an invisible imaginary thing that their phone tells them to do. That was the first sign. That was the first sign all those years ago that we might be paying too much attention to our devices. Because now they've started to, in Sydney, uh, they've been doing this in China and Japan, I think, for a while. They've started putting rubber pads around the light poles in Sydney because people are walking, looking at their phone, and they'll just bump into the light poles. So in an effort to make them not, you know, in an effort to stop people knocking themselves out, we've started putting rubber pads around the light poles. <laughs> We're fucked. We're, society's fucked, let's be honest here. We're completely fucked in there. <laughs>
8: Catch some monsters. Simple, within a day, Pokemon Go was at the top of every App Store chart. You couldn't walk around the corner without someone in pursuit of Pikachu before it turned dangerous, of course.
6: These kids are all looking down at their phone. Who knows what they're going to trip over.
1: The bizarre clown craze has intensified in WA.
8: The creepy clown craze spread to Australia, sparking warnings from police that dressing up and scaring people is no laughing matter.
1: Oh, I beg to differ. (laughs) Hang on, hang on, hang on. Does anybody else see the irony of the police coming out and say dressing up and scaring people is no laughing matter? Is it, does anybody, unless, unless a crime is being committed against you, does anybody feel at ease when somebody dressed as a policeman pulls them over or wants to talk to them? I don't. <laughs> I didn't even do anything wrong. <laughs> if police think it's wrong to dress up and scare people, then they should all wear dinner suits when they drive around in their cars. The, the, the police dress up and scare people. That's their fucking job. Dress up and go around and scare people.
8: It caused a wave of hysteria, forcing police to contain the jitters. And remember this... A
1: wave of hysteria.
8: ...stress that broke the internet. Is it black and blue or white and gold?
1: It's clearly white and gold. I remember this. Someone showed me this. this Someone showed me this, and every single person that said it's black and blue... I looked at them like uh, they had leprosy. You know what I mean? You know, if you look at that and see black and blue, I don't know what to tell you. you. There's something wrong with your eyes. The world must look like a very different place to you. You must be some kind of psychotic. It's clearly white and gold. Like it got so bad that people were telling me, oh, it's black and blue, it's black and blue, it's black and blue. I started thinking that I was the crazy one. Wait, really? What what do you what do you think is what do you think blue is? What do you think the color black looks like? <laughs> can we get can we can we focus on, you know, first principles here? Look, white and gold, everybody in the chat. White and gold, white and gold, white and gold. It had to be a troll. Somebody was saying like can we convince people that the color that they are looking at right directly in front of their eyes is not the color? Can we do that? Can we convince people that this is black and blue?
8: that broke the internet. Is it black and blue or white and gold? Ellen tweeted out, from this day on, the world will be divided into two people, blue and black or white and gold. Come on, people, it's black and blue. It's a bit like Yanni and Laurel.
2: Laurel.
1: Is it just just the people in the press that are saying it's black and blue? Because that would make sense. That would make the extreme gaslighting operation make sense. See, people saying blue and gold, black and blue... White and gold? I don't know about the... If you're if you're one of the black and blue people, you need to get out of this. You're banned. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do this, shall we? Since we've been talking about horrible things this Christmas, about Nazism and whatnot, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, how about a feel-good story? How about freedom? A story about freedom, ladies and gentlemen, from Iowa, I bring to you... Iowa homeowner says swastika's confederate flags are not racist. I like this guy already. I like this guy already. Freedom, baby. Let's do this.
0: I'll put it out there if I want to.
1: Look at this guy's house.
8: White supremacist is what I look at. I'll oh, come on. If I want to.
1: He's in Des Moines in Iowa. Look at this guy's place. <laughs> Well, I'll I'll, I'll I'll put the Confederate flag and the Nazi and the, the Nazi flag out there if I want to. It's is fucking America, baby. You know, I uh, I do what I want. I do what I feel like. See, this is the thing that so many people fail to grasp, right? This exactly, he's owning it. <laughs> there was a famous, there was a famous uh, cab driver story. I think the guy was from New York and he was a black guy. I forget which country he was from. He wasn't like an African-American. He was from some African country and he was black. And he used to drive around and he had the schwa sticker on his, like the armband on in his cab. And the, the media was trying to get this guy, like they were trying to harangue this guy and push this guy. And he was just, he was just owning it. He's saying, yes, I'm a national socialist. And I would say, but Hitler killed so many people. It was awful. He's like, yeah, but you know what? There's other versions of history, and I think you're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> See, people misinterpret. You can love the fact that people have this fuck the world view of free expression without, you don't have to. It doesn't mean you endorse Nazism, it doesn't mean you endorse slavery. I don't endorse slavery, slavery is awful. I don't endorse Nazism, but I definitely endorse people putting Nazi flags on their house because, fuck it, I have the freedom to do it. You know what I mean? We've lost all nuance. I love this guy. I love the fact that this guy did this because it's just a big fuck you to everybody who says you can't do it. That's what gets me going. Congrats. I love this kid for doing this.
8: White supremacist is what I look at the oh. Nazi symbol as.
1: Uh, nobody cares, Meg. Being, um, su- <laughs> Shut up, Meg.
8: <laughs> super racist, super offensive.
1: Super racist, super Just offensive.
8: Disgusting.
6: No.
1: Disgust. You're disgusting. You're disgusting.
6: They don't know their history, evidently. I, that, that's the only reason I can think they think anything bad about it. They don't. I
1: mean, this guy's got Confederate hats. He's Mister Confederacy. I love this guy. <laughs> And the big Nazi in the middle
2: there. On all their history.
1: Morris Elementary School denounced Stark's display. Like, who asked Morris Elementary School for an opinion? And earlier this year, city officials labeled his property a nuisance. <laughs> yeah. Freedom is such a nuisance, right? Freedom is a horrible nuisance, guys. You shouldn't be a nuisance. You should just present your home in the way that the council and the, the elementary school, which is teaching five-year-olds, you know, what it means to be uh, transgender, what it means, you know, where they're teaching five-year-olds about all the other things except freedom, basically. Let's put it that way. Look at him. Look at him go. What a fantastic guy. I love that guy. Well done, sir. Absolutely Fantastic. All right. I think we'll wrap it up there. It's been a sensational year, a sensational show. I just want to say one more time, thank you to the folks, uh, especially the guys on Patreon. Thanks to your support, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Like I said, I'm able to dedicate about 10 or 12 hours a week to this little budding little program. Hopefully it goes just as good in 2020, if not better. Hopefully, Actually, hopefully it goes a lot better in 2020 than it did in 2019. Thank you to the guys on YouTube, especially the moderator over there, Pinochet, the best moderator on the interwebs. Thank you to the fam on Periscope, the original and still the best. And thank you so much to the guys and girls on DLive for your contributions. Thanks for the tips. Thank you for following on DLive. Thank you for uh, following us over there. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, as I said, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course... If you would like to show me your Nazi flag, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Don't forget to please follow our friends at RealPersonPLTCS at ChrisMC44 at y Censored. Uh UK Neil is another one we need to get. Uh, winning TV, our friend Phil, Phil D'Angelo. He goes for the Yankees, but don't let, don't let you, you know, don't hold that against him. It's not his fault. He is a New Yorker. I mean, he could have chosen the Mets, but he didn't. He decided to be an asshole instead. And go for the Yankees, but you get that on the big jobs. <laughs> Congratulations to Phil, and I'll take you out tonight um, with this clip. I think it's the third year I've played it. You know how people say, "Well, I don't. I like the I like the happy Christmas carols. I don't like the you know the shitty ones." But for me, the traditional Christmas carols are the good ones. They're the cool ones. So I'll leave you with one more song before we go out tonight. To, to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and God bless. Uh, my favourite Christmas carol, which, you know, everybody's experience is different, but for me, it can simultaneously make me feel a 100 feet tall with love for the Lord and it can make me feel one inch tall, uh, being completely, you know, uh, overcome and overawed by his grace and his magnitude. It can make me feel simultaneously indestructible and vulnerable at the same time. And I just think the the new sort of Christmas carols, like that. (laughs) Thank you, Joanne. I think the new sort of Christmas carols don't really reflect that. So uh, we'll leave you tonight. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, with this rendition of my favourite Christmas carol sung, only as it should be sung by an all-boys choir, one of the most famous the Cambridge Kings Choir. Uh, I wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, ladies and gentlemen. And I'll see you sometime in the future. God bless. Good night. ladies and gentlemen in my opinion the world's most beautiful Christmas Carol Merry Christmas to everyone I'll see you after the Christmas break enjoy have fun try to put the shit of uh, daily life behind you for a couple of days at least try not to go too crazy at the dinner table thanks everyone for your support in 2019 we'll be back we'll be back bigger and better than ever the chest is opening on D-Life until next time ladies and gentlemen stay calm stay rational Merry Christmas and God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.